are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. And I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome to you, the listener, and my co-host, astrologer, Jill Kirby. Let me turn your mic up. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I think I think we're both in, I think. Yes. Somehow <laughs> last, oh gosh, I'm a little loud. Let me just turn me back just a little bit so that I don't blast listeners. Yeah, so, yay, the start of season three. Wow. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for being there for my season two. I really, 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 really appreciate it. (laughs) Good. Okay, so this is episode 103, and we are going to continue our series on uh, the generic life cycles. And um, with this particular one, um, we are stepping out of the traditional boundary. And um, it's really hard to kind of imagine a world that was, prior to the discovery of the planet Uranus, bounded, right? I mean, that was... And our five physical senses was what the world was about. If you couldn't taste it, feel it, touch it, see it, didn't exist. And then, you know, on, what was it? Uh, I've got the date here. On March the 13th, I don't know if it was a Friday, might have been, (laughs) in 1781, there was a confirmation of the planet Uranus. Now, it wasn't that it hadn't been seen before because occasionally, apparently, you know, I mean, you'd no way now, could you, because of the atmospheric pollution, but back in the day. But it, um, they didn't understand that a fixed star does not um, grow in size or diminish in size if you're observing it. Whereas a planet will do that, even the really slow moving ones. So Uranus had been seen occasionally, but it had been assigned as a fixed star with people not realizing because it does take a long time to, you know. Yeah, yeah. and and it was interesting to me when I learned that it it is actually visible with the eye. I mean, if you have ideal conditions, obviously, because it's... yeah. Yeah. Maybe on Saturn, but yeah, yeah, it's like oh, and yet we didn't really no, we that. yeah, <laughs> exactly, and but, but I think that that is part of the you know what Uranus represents in a sense. What is that we do find these things when our consciousness is is ready, ready. yeah, right? and yeah. so that was the first planet where it was about consciousness. It was about expand oh. beyond. And, and just the world at that time. So prior to that, you know, astrologers were very confident in the meaning of all the planets. And, um, you know, it was from historical records and just empirical experience, all the rest of it. And, you know, I mean, it had been thousands, literally, of years since anybody was speculating about, hmm, I wonder what this means. And um, when it was first put into charts, 
um, you know, they were very just simply going, well, this just wrecks everything. Um, and it was called a disruptor. And, and it even took 70 years for the name to finally be settled upon. Like it was going to mm-hmm. be George's star and then it was going to be Herschel's star. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, that it is the only planet that's named after a Greek rather than Roman god. Yeah, and Again, yeah. Uranus is different in so many ways. Oh, so many ways, so many the ways. It rotates on its axis. Yes. Direct, everything about it is like, I'm going to do just the opposite of what you guys would do. <laughs> that is so true. So as she said, instead of spinning on its axis um, with the North Pole and the South Pole at 90 degrees to the elliptic, it rolls around. Yeah the elliptic and even though it rolls this part I don't quite get because apparently uh, for 42 years the North Pole is facing the Sun and then for 42 years the South Pole is facing the Sun and there's just this tiny little band at its equator that actually experiences something even remotely close to day and night Yeah. yeah yeah so uh, no, it's, 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 he, it's an oddball. He likes the oddball, yeah. Yes, he does. Part of, part of the meaning that we've come to ascribe to this yeah. plan. Yeah, yeah. There so the next piece is the glyph. This is, and I'm just going to start sharing, happily sharing screen. I am, I am. For those who want to follow along with the graphics that we've produced for this show, um, do go to my website, uh, cardinalastrology.ca, and under radio show podcasts, of course, it's episode 103. You can actually look at some of these um, graphics that we've put up for today. And so it's a circle which has been, um, you know, sort of assigned to be wholeness. And then the cross has been considered matter. And so some astrologers feel that the two lines on either side, um, matter is being contained by good and evil, which I was kind of like, huh? Really? Okay. Except that usually they're curved, and that represents. Ah. Yeah, like the moon. The moon. So it's right. It, right. The so sun, a, matter, sun. and the moon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, okay. Yeah. Okay. That actually makes more sense. Yeah. 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 And, and, so the, and interestingly, the the glyph they use, I think, in some parts of Europe, is quite different than that. As oh. Well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen it, and I can't remember exactly yeah. what it looks like, but it's different. Yeah. Now, I don't know if all of you uses that, but I have seen a different one that's used. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, you know, yeah. just to be different, I guess. Well, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so if we, if, you know, so, it, you know, in the intervening years since it's been discovered, um, you know, people started to look at, you know, what was what was different um, when they would see Uranus in charts. And and then some were, were going to that place where, well, what was happening when it was dis- discovered? And oh, yeah. the world was undergoing an immense change at that time. We had the Industrial Revolution was starting to just majorly take off. We had the American Revolution, the French Revolution, and with it being discovered and you know recognized as not being a star 
this was with the un, with the aided eye. And so in that same sense, things were being discovered that the five physical senses couldn't, they didn't work. You had to have some sort of intermediary. So the discovery of oxygen, the discovery of um, electric, electricity and, um, you know, the electrical magnetic, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, so. Yeah, well, I think. <laughs> just I think so that, many things, just like the. But I think that's where we get the, the interpretation of it having to do with technology. Yes, yeah. You know, you know, it's more it's more about that piece of it, I think. Yes. That exactly. Why Just the ascribe that to Uranus. Yeah. And also when they started plugging it back into the charts of uh you know folks that were considered uh well they call the term now polymaths where they were just, you know, um through Geniuses. The, Yeah, and Uranus was in strong aspect in all of their charts, yeah. right? For the genius factor. Yeah. Well, you need that to think outside the box, right? Exactly. Saturn is the box. Exactly. Yeah. And so to me, that particular analogy that you just used, that that really kind of sums up Uranus for me, is outside the box. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And and the other, I think the other piece that is always used by astrologers in trying to figure out what planets mean is the mythology. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah, and that's, so that's also yeah. interesting because you know um, Uranus was the first god of the heavens. He was the heavens, right? The sky god, yeah. Yeah, he was also initially thought of as chaos, right? He yeah. emerged from chaos, right? So, yeah. and he he forms the dome over the earth, yeah, right? yeah, and and he lay with Gaia. He was actually the son and the husband of Gaia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and so he he would cover her, right? He would, <laughs> he would lay with her. And then, then produced the Titans. And yes. the famous of those is Saturn. Yes. So again, what we think of as matter being the source of all things, well, no, actually it's consciousness, be- consciousness and matter have to come together. Yeah, in a sense, because it is the heavens. It's our, yeah, it's yeah. where we get that energy that is source energy or whatever you want to call it. Yes. Uh, so that is what begets the material world, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the mythology is kind of telling us. And of course, he he being an Aryan and a god of the heavens didn't really think too much of these very earthy children that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that were begotten. So he kind of just stuffed them back into the earth. He made her hold on to them. Yes, he did. So yeah. Some of them, like the Cyclops and stuff, he, he put in Tartarus, which was the underworld. Yeah. yeah. And so she was not happy about that. No, maybe not. Maybe not. And eventually... Um, she actually got her kids, you know, together to say, hey, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do something about this dude. <laughs> yeah. So the, the rest of the boys held him down while, while uh, Saturn. Saturn detached his genitals <laughs> and tossed them in the ocean. And on, well, some of it fell in, in the ocean and some landed on the Earth. 
And other things sprang from that, of course. Of course. The most, the most famous being Venus, god of love, goddess of love. Yeah. Who emerged from the ocean because of the drops that fell in the ocean. So interesting mythology, but yeah. And so, but it shows that, yeah, what we had conceived of as our reality and how it worked. Yes. It's totally overthrown because it isn't coming from matter making consciousness. It's the other way around. Yeah. The other myth that some astrologers, um, Rick Tarnas in particular, in his um, something in Psyche, ah, that's bad. I can't remember his very famous book. Anyway, um, he ascribes it to Prometheus in the sense of um, the stealing from uh, the gods, as it were. Um, so the first thing that Prometheus stole was fire and brought it to, yeah. And so there is something about when a Uranian moment happens, it's um, something is brought into consciousness that was not ever there before. And, and yeah, and so the, the whole Prometheus story is one that also can be ascribed to Uranus. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. with Uranus, I mean, with, it's kind of like we don't know where our thoughts come from, right? So we can get this sudden idea, but... Yeah, exactly. It comes to us, right? Where yes. Does it come from? Yeah, and where it does it... And, you know, that... And yeah. that's, where, that's where Uranus came from. He, he was of the ether. Yeah. He was chaos and ether. Yeah. That that particular phen- phenomena, you know, when the 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 brilliant aha moment comes, that also to me is the Iranian thing, and and oh, we're saying it, we're saying it. I'm just saying it in a slightly different way because you you so often hear people, you know, when somebody says, "Well, where'd you get that idea?" and and they just shake their head and go, "I don't know. It just came to me," and yeah. that is probably that Iranian. Yeah. And increasingly what we're figuring out about how human beings work and probably life in general is that we're basically antenna and we're tuning into yeah. our yeah. energies, right? And yeah. so that's really what that is. It's like it's our channel and it comes in and we receive it. Right? <laughs> and and some that's, more happily than others. <laughs> yeah. We think we're coming up with it, but it's actually, you know, coming to us okay so a lot to learn yeah so with uranus you might be thinking okay so is the great awakener disruptor um chaos etc etc where is that going to happen in my life and you know i mean we can look around at lives that have actually had very little uranian impact other than on a global stage because Uranus of course and Saturn right now are dancing and we're seeing the effects of that two coming together on you know everybody's being impacted but on a personal level what you want to look for in your chart are some of the following things and I'm going to bring up my next graphic there we go so the houses So if your Uranus in your chart is angular, and that would be the 1st, 4th, 7th, or 10th, you're likely, during the course of your lifetime, going to experience some Uranian moments, um, 
and we'll come to the reason for that in a moment. Um, also, if it's directly aspecting an inner planet, so if you've got it conjunct the moon or square the moon or opposite the moon, you're already, you know, your life will just exhibit moments that are Uranian. The same with the sun. With um, And so some of the uh, combos that um, you might experience... Let's see now. So with the moon, um, I can speak to that one personally. (laughs) Um, I had a very chaotic mother, Um, you know, so she demonstrated or, you know, exposed me to Iranian kind of shocks and things in my childhood. And conversely, I now can kind of do that to people as well. Oh, dear. (laughs) So with Mercury, you could be, you know, if you've got Mercury conjunct square, um, or even trine for that matter. I mean, this is going to electrify the mind. And I suspect we get, you know, sort of high strung types, also eccentric genius, you know, like your mind is just going to be able to spark off into new directions. And with Venus, now, Venus, you're honest. That would be be you. Okay, (laughs) so values that are uniquely your own. And um, I think I can, I mean, you're not the only Venus Aquarius person that I know. And to find a mate that actually works it, I think it's it's a little harder when you've got Uranus involved. Oh, I think so. Yes, I, I can speak to that because I have it opposite my Venus. Yeah. Uh, Venus is in the third, Uranus is in the, in the ninth. And so finding somebody with um, any kind of belief system that kind of... <laughs> that works with you, yeah. With me because mine is not inside the box, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, I... At one time, I was married to a Capricorn. So, <laughs> <laughs> and how did that work? Yeah, it much more boxier than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not surprising that it didn't work. Yeah. Um, and also, my Venus is conjunct Chiron, so you know it pulls in other things. As yes. Well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and always that for me, I guess that sense of being different was yes. always there. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that's part of that. Yeah. Not fitting in. Then with Mars, I'm married to somebody who has Mars conjunct Uranus, and my go-to when those two come together is, how is it ever possible to keep up with these people? Um, Mm. You know, they can change direction um, in a blink of an eye, and you're still going in that original direction, (laughs) and meanwhile, they're, you know, down the road, 100 yards, going somewhere else, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that well, one. Yeah. And yeah, it's, a, it's spur of the moment kind of action, right? It's, yeah. It's it's not a long thought thinking process no. of what I'm going to do. It's yeah. I'm doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Probably yesterday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And probably one of the hardest combinations would be your Saturn Uranus. Um, my suspicion is if you were born with this, that, um, you know, the buildup of tension and the sudden releasing of it, the building up of tension and the sudden releasing of it, that would be a tricky yes, it life. 
That, yes. Yeah. I have it squaring my Saturn. Oh, that's right too. Which opposes my Jupiter. So it's not only it's not only Saturn, it's Jupiter. So it's the expansion and contraction. Yes. Uh, as well as the Venusian piece yeah. of it. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's fairly important in my chart, right? Yeah. And so with Uranus and Jupiter, even though Jupiter is considered the greater benefic, um, it could get people, especially if it was conjunct, Jupiter conjunct Uranus, you could get these, you know, like wild expansions and, um, you know. Explosion. Explosions, <laughs> yes, that would fit. Uh, but there's a beneficence to it. So, um you know, there would be these moments, I suspect, when these people could, you know, introduce a wonderful new idea, but they couldn't introduce it in a way that wasn't, you know, smashing everything down. Maybe. Yeah. 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 It's, almost, yeah. it's almost like because bigger is better with Jupiter. And yeah, so exactly. And so, yeah. And Uranus is pretty intense the way it is. So exactly. Exactly. You know who might embody that archetype would be the mad scientist from back to the future yeah 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 and, and uranus of course too is where we get the word uranium so yes there is that of that whole explosiveness yes there. yeah yeah, yeah exactly. sometimes you have to blow things up i mean that's kind of what the whole rebellion and overthrow and chaos and stuff is in, yeah yeah necessarily in physical terms but you kind of have to yeah, blow it up so you can start from scratch again. <laughs> and whereas working. other people might be saying, can't we just start again? Do we actually have to destroy it? Well, <laughs> well and, but and yeah. Sometimes, and sometimes you can, but yeah. if you can. Yeah. And sometimes that's the best way to do it, like, quickly, so you can get to the yes. rebuild. Yeah, get to the next the next phase. Yeah. So... Um, we get Uranus, we all will. And it. what's interesting, too, with this jump from the, you know, 27 and a half year orbit of Saturn all the way, like this is a almost a three times jump to yeah. 84. And um, I, I was mentioning this in a, in a Zoom group, astrology discussion group here just the other day that, um, you know, for probably two-thirds of the world's population prior to the 1700s if you got to live to your first Saturn return you were doing well I mean yes there were people that lived longer than that but not the majority not the majority oh no and I, I suspect yeah. that's you know again you know these planets are discovered at the right time yeah and, and the, yeah. you know Saturn represents time right it yes one of the biggest yes um, limitations we face in these mortal bodies exactly exactly and so with uranus's discovery our life expectancy is just going and going and you know so then that of course leads to that next point which is oh well you know why can't we just live forever and I'm always wont to say at that moment, well, you might want to read this series by Frank Herbert, who wrote The Dune, and if it, you know, several volumes down through that, he explores that idea of living forever, right? And it just gets downright boring. <laughs> yeah, and I but, think that, that, that with Uranus, it's like, um, it's not intending that. I mean, that's No, I don't of, think so either. That's, yeah. that's the... That's what people take 
that energy and turn it into the sort of sci-fi ideas. Yeah, and, yeah. Ooh, maybe we can do this. And there's never the question of should we. It's yes. always, look what we can do, let's just do it. Yeah. And so I think that's unfortunate. That's what, um, where that doesn't always work, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, and, no. You know, no, living for, I no. talk that and I think, why would you want that? I know. <laughs> and, and it takes us, again, it takes, uh, this is where Uranus and, and the Earth don't didn't work out well together in their relationship right. yes yes right because the earth has its natural cycles yes it does and yes we could go beyond those but is that a good idea yeah because nature's pretty smart and i think it that, is I think with uranus being in taurus right now it's coming back to that yes yeah it's right? reminding it's, people hello uranus, hello uranus is finally i think learning to make peace with that earthiness and say yeah you've got the, the technology we need that's all good <laughs> <laughs> okay my, so my yeah so in a personal life though it does seem to be demarcating in its 84 year return um this sort of new lifespan that most people are hopeful for um, yeah. And so that, you know, so depending on where your Uranus is, and here I am going back to the graphics that I actually have up for the YouTube version of this, or if you're, you know, at home and can go to my website. So it, it has this natural cycle, which we've been talking about with the other planets. And so the first sextile, um, which is sextiles tend to be of the nature of Venus or excitable, like they're, they're typically not a difficult thing, but it will depend on where your Uranus was to begin with and if, as we talked about earlier, if it's actually wired strongly into your chart. So for instance, if it was on the angles, we know just from experience that angular planets, you will notice when they get dinged. Um, but if you have your Uranus in some of these other houses, you will, again, depends. The, the loudness of the hit is, there's a lot of factors that are involved. But the first yeah. one is at 12 to 14. And we know that Saturn is also sort of operative around that time, along with Jupiter. But there is, and you can see it in kids, when they sort of, I can remember the moment when my stepson looked at me and realized that I was only human. <laughs> the shock of that for him was just, and, and that look on his face, it was just like, I'm sorry, I'm only human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's the time of the Saturn opposition, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and I, I've seen that in a number of kids that age where there's quite a, a like a traumatic experience that will happen. And, you know, some might lose a parent. My daughter, my youngest daughter lost one of her friends. Died right. Yeah. My car, which we got to see the aftermath. Um, you know, so yeah. there's the shock of that. And yep. that took her a long, long time to get. Yeah. Past. Yeah. So I think yes, even though it's not a hard aspect, it 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 can because it's coupled with that Saturn opposition, it can bring a jolt. Yes. Yeah. 
So our next one. It's a maturing process, right? Well, yeah, yeah, it's life. Okay, so the first waxing square, this one I quite enjoy. Um, it happens to people around 20 to 23. So again, uh, there's a Saturn aspect that's coming in as well. But um, this is that moment where kids will kind of look up from their peer group, which by now is strongly in place, right? You know, they're graduating class and they're in college or university or whatever. And um, But it's like the rest of us, the other 7 billion, as I like to put it, jerks on the planet are knocking on the door going, excuse me, but you are actually going to have to figure out where you're going to fit in with the rest of us. <laughs> and I think that can be for some, again, where Uranus is natally, a shock, you know, like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you suddenly have to, you know, become an adult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and generally speaking, not wanting to take on, because you haven't even had your first Saturn return yet. No, not, exactly. Yeah. Not ready to be an adult, really. Not really, so yes. You have to take it on, but there can be a lot of hmm, difficulty with that. Yes. And and fighting against it, depending on where it is and how, what kind of your, what your nature is as well. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So then we get uh, the waxing trine. Um, and that's just as you're in your Saturn return. Um, so again, if your Uranus is wired to personal planets, this will definitely play a role in your Saturn return. But if it's not, you may not even notice it. Mm. Yeah. Because that Saturn return is definitely, you know, yeah, loud yeah, I mean, and proud at that stage. And and it's it's because Saturn is our concrete reality. Yeah. Other rather than the expanded consciousness thing. Um, you may be learning at that stage, hopefully, through your Saturn return. Hopefully. You know, <laughs> to be the hard lessons. Um, which would help with the expansion of your consciousness yes yeah. but otherwise maybe not depending on yeah where on where everything sits <laughs> <laughs> but the next one most people do significantly experience the Uranus yeah. opposition and it's quite classic for people to come to you know a card reader an astrologer or you name it um, at that moment because it's like your unique expression, which is one of the ways that I think of Uranus natally, um, it's like going, it's my time. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's, we often call it the midlife crisis. Yes, exactly. You know, when Pluto and Saturn were going over my ascendant, my ex-husband was having his Uranus opposition. Right, which is at so 39 to 45. Yep. Yeah, he did the classic, um, you know, sports car, have an affair. Yes. Yeah. Didn't get sports car, but he did have the affair. So, it, you know, it disrupted things considerably. Cause yes. Split up. Back then. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it definitely is. A, it's yeah. It's kind of that. Now or I never. Care. I don't care what other people want to do. I want I, to do yeah, or what they think. Or so this is that moment, especially if Uranus is connecting to a career where you're no longer going to tow the party line. You know, you have your ideas, your innovations, your, you know, moment of brilliance or whatever. And it is a time to actually go, wait a minute, I, I need to do this my way. 
you know, mm-hmm. and so there's often career shifts that take place or, uh, you know, new relationships, old relationships pass. Yeah. And it's, it's typically pretty noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the energy of Uranus is about shaking things up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's, it's not content with status quo generally. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if there's a newer way, a better way to do this, then I know what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the next one is the whining, whining, the waning trine. Uh, the I know. Where did that come from? Okay, the waning trine, um, and it's between uh, fifty-four and fifty-seven. And I thought about this one. I don't think I recall even noticing it, uh, but I might have. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so bringing your gifts forward is what sort of sort of struck me when I was thinking about this one. Um, you know, this might be when people. Um, yeah, express themselves in a unique way, you know, that is well, just unique course, to them. Depending on the chart and, and yeah. where natal Uranus is in terms of the house, then it, whatever house it's going through when it's trying to is going to yeah. factor into that exactly. what area of life that's activating. And, and one of the things that I forgot to mention with the opposition is Uranus oftentimes walks in the door in the opposition. I mean, sometimes it's the native themselves that is doing the big explosive breakout change. But oftentimes, because it is an opposition, somebody walks in with the bolt of lightning. Yeah, 21, yeah. actually, which was the first time? First square. Oh, first square. First square... Uh, yeah, the the waxing square is twenty to twenty three. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's when I got into astrology. Ah. Oh, interesting. I, I had my first child, but I also got into astrology. Yeah, I. So I'd it, have was to, a, it was a very much. A I think change. I did too. I think I did too. Yeah. Although, I, yeah. I started, you know, taking classes just. Yeah. I don't several months after she was born so ah there you go yeah okay so the last waning square uh 61 to 64 um it, what struck me about this one is am i past tense right so that the the shock of realizing that um you know, one is no longer considered part of the movers and shakers. But that's not true for everyone, obviously. For some, yeah. that's just when they hit their stride. But there is that, you know, looming retirement, which may or may not strike the person as being a good thing. Yeah. 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 And so our last sextile is 70 to 71. So you're about to uh, walk into that one. I am. You are. (laughs) Do you have any ideas of what you might do? No. No. (laughs) She goes, I have to get over what's happening right now first. (laughs) Well, my natal Uranus is in the ninth. Oh, so you might. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of relating to what goes on in the world yes yeah that's a very big consideration particularly given what's going on in the world 
<laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, I and and you know, I have never been able to plan. Oh, okay. Sure, kind of thing. Like people would say, "Well, what's your five-year plan?" And I'm like, "I don't know what my five-minute plan is." You know, <laughs> Let I mean, alone. <laughs> I mean, you know, I might if I have an appointment or something. I know yeah. that, but you know, I don't. I've never been that person. Yeah, been that kind of person. And you know, some people might think that's irresponsible or whatever. But it just is not something I was able ever able to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the last one, <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is actually fairly Uranian. Um, yeah. Okay, so the, the return itself from 83 to 84 in, uh, in my own life, because my parents were considerably older than me, um, I've, and I've worked quite a bit in places like nursing homes and that, what I have noticed is that 83 to 84 is a classic checkout point where people go you know, intentionally or not, um, physically, for whatever. I mean, it's it's almost like that is a hurdle. Like, are you going to stay on the planet or are you not going to stay on the planet? And for those who make it over that hurdle, they tend to be around for quite a while afterwards. Um, yeah. And, and that's I'm been a, just my observational, yeah. Yeah, yeah. my mom made it to 87, because being a uh, a Taurus with a Sun-Saturn conjunction. Yes. <laughs> wasn't a very Uranian kind of gal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, she. I, I don't think she went through any big thing at that age. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, she she actually was actually, you know, functioning quite well. She lived on her own till about the last two years. So ah, yeah. It was after that where... Yeah. Whereas my dad, for instance, um, yeah. during the Uranus opposite or the Uranus uh, return, uh, somebody gave him morphine, which he said, "I do not need this," and the morphine gave him a heart attack. Right. Right. Yeah. But he he lived another uh, six years after that. Yeah, like he right. lived till he was ninety. But. Um, yeah. So it's you know obviously there's a culmination with a return. Yeah, and, my, and my dad, if with my dad it, checked out in, yeah, he was 74. He would have, 73, 74? 74, I can't yeah. I remember what you said about that age range, but. Uh, nothing. Yeah. That 70 to 71 is the last sextile. So for him, that wouldn't have been necessarily a Uranian event, unless yeah. it was a transit from something like Saturn to Uranus. Yeah, well, the natal position. Jupiter on his ascendance. Oh, well, there you go. I'm just out <laughs> of here. Sag that he was. <laughs> okay, so um, through the houses, because it's always nice to know where the lightning might strike, the explosion might go off. Uh, <laughs> you know, so you first you want to consider, you know, uh, who is Uranus connected to. Um, but then it's just literally going to be where Uranus is. And then, of course, um, where it's transiting. And as we've been talking about all year, Uranus is still in Taurus. It's there for another couple of years before it leaves. Um, and so wherever Taurus is in your chart, and in the this kind of graphic that I have up here, um, I actually have Taurus as the first house. So... To me, Uranus going through your first house is almost like the opportunity, you don't have to, to do like 
an ultimate makeover. And because it's opposite the seventh, that could also mean a change in relationship. Yeah. So it through the second house, reversals of fortune. And of course, the classic shock would be winning the lottery, <laughs> which may or may not actually be a good thing. And that's something else about Uranus is it has um, n- no particular attachment to good or bad. Mm. Yeah, it just is. Yeah. 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 That's, I think that's part of the airiness of the, you know, in terms of the mythology. Yes. Like he's above. Yeah. The sky god. Yeah. Above the earthy. Yeah. Concern. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, well, that's just stuff, you know. Yeah. What do, you, what do I care about that? <laughs> so. I got, I got bigger things to think about. <laughs> So in the third house, this is community, siblings, um, out of your comfort zone, you know, you're, um, you know, and one can just imagine in certain cultural contexts, uh, you know, um, Uranus would have been colonization to, you know, every country that colonizers walked into, right? You know, where they completely disrupted and tossed out and... So that sort of kind of event on a personal level to, you know, like a sibling announcing something shocking or, yeah, or a neighborhood changing drastically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So fourth, that's where I have my Uranus. Um, So did I have a typical bucolic childhood? No. So to all my fellow Uranus in the fourth house compatriots, I understand. (laughs) So this could be, as it's transiting your fourth house, surprises from the past or just from the current. But it's likely going to be stuff, you know, popping up that one was totally unaware of uh, around their family of origin and that type of stuff. Yeah, I think with, with it natally, I'd look at it as kind of waiting for the shoe to drop or something. Maybe, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, you don't know what's going to happen next. Exactly. I used to, when, when I was asked when I was quite a bit younger, I just said I grew up in a war zone, hmm. you know, where it was, yeah, yeah. You, uh, a lot of chaos. I mean. Yes, a lot of chaos. It is chaos, you know. Yeah. I mean, that. And there, there is a creativity in that, but it's there also, can be, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's you know, you yeah. take takes maturity to get to that part of it. Maybe, <laughs> just a little, yeah. Okay. So in the fifth house, this is normally the blessing of children and creativity, but this could be that. What do you mean I'm pregnant? Again, no, no, this can't be. Or you know, what do you mean this particular creative thing I've done is they like it, huh? Or, you know, I mean, it's... Yeah, and, and, and the things you do create, I mean, if you're an artist of some kind, it's mm-hmm. like a lot of people might not get it. Yes, yes, right? exactly. You know, it's... Good way like to put it. Jackson Pollock or something, splashing paint on the canvas. Right, and yeah. I, go, I mean, I'm an, I'm an Aquarian, and I kind of go, that's not art to me. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. for some people it is, but, yeah. you know, that kind of thing where it's, exactly. it's more abstract kind of art, I think. Yep. Okay, so in the sixth house, this one is can be tricky. Um, a lot of factors will depend on the state of one's health. 
um, and uh, how well one has um, created their day-to-day work environment, that type of thing. Um, My suspicion is on a health level that one of the things that Uranus can create is like getting wired 220 when your nervous system is not really prepared for yeah, something yeah, like that. Very much, it would very much affect the nervous system because yeah. it is an electrical kind of energy. And that's exactly. Yeah. Is. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you could be a very uh, high, high wired kind of yeah. uh, energy in terms of your, your health and your physical being. And yes. so that really testing on the system. Cause, yes. You know, yeah. These are physical bodies, and this is a, a zappy, zappy kind of energy. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so with the seventh house, your open enemies, um, you know, one would expect that you would recognize them, but with Uranus, um, that might be the shock of, but you were married, you, and yeah, so it's those shocking shifts in face-to-face relationships. And I, and I think in terms of, being the relationship house that your relationships might be not standard yes if it's there natally exactly you're not looking for somebody you know who who sits in the box right you want somebody who wants to shake things up and do interesting new yes you know let's try this you know kind of stuff but but if this is what other people think exactly but if this is a transit to your seventh house and not where it's normally there then yeah that can shake things up a bit in yes so if you know that it's coming you know you may want to introduce you know in the image that just immediately came to my mind was remember when i think it was fried green tomatoes i can't remember which movie it was but where the woman um wraps herself in saran wrap (laughs) and and (laughs) for when her husband comes home Home, right that would be you know anticipating Uranus going through your seventh house trying to shake <laughs> things up yeah yeah okay so uh eighth house get your ducks in a row if Uranus is coming to go through your eighth house because you know the government is going to discover you haven't paid your taxes the you know the inheritance that you thought you were going to get doesn't or you know or, it's the, or, or you you didn't know you were going to get one exactly what do you mean my great aunt martha had money yeah yeah because it doesn't have to be a negative experience. no it doesn't but i wouldn't can i would be, can be shocking and surprising without being negative that's true But if you haven't filed your taxes for a very, very long time, and you've got Uranus coming up to your eighth house, I would, I would not, I would not risk that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You'd probably have Uranus somebody somewhere where you're not going to do that ever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so ninth house, um, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. That was to me, Uranus going through your ninth house. Or just the joy of, um, you know, landing in a new scenario to learn. And yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think that, you know, so that can be um, starting a new study. It, you know, you're. Yeah. You're and it past. blowing your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter what age you are. It's like. Oh, I'm so interested in this. Suddenly, it's come to me that I need to. I need yeah, to learn. yeah, 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 yeah. That this is probably one of the nicer <coughs> environs for Uranus to be going through, or to have it natally. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I have it natally there, and it's yeah. not so bad, I think. But yeah. the aspects it has are <laughs> <laughs> sometimes interesting. Uh-huh. Okay, 10th house. Uh, your 15 minutes of fame <coughs> or infamy. So, again, I'm talking more here about a transit, but if it's there then you are one of these people that um, demonstrates outside of the box. Well, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. what are you known for, right? Yeah, exactly. You're being exactly. a rebel or you're known for being, you know, shaking things up or, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, when it's coming through there and you have, if you've been working at the same career for yeah. decades, it's, yeah. you're suddenly kind of bored with it. <laughs> yes, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Something new. Yeah. Okay, so 11th house, what struck me with this one, again, for a transit. Oh, you just got abducted by aliens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, you sudden, suddenly have a new group of friends. Or yes, yeah. the old group of friends suddenly disappears. Or, or yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, and, and also just... I guess in terms of the support network that you have. Cause yes, yeah. And, and the community in which you belong. Yeah. As, yeah, and I think natally it's about, you know, what kind, I, you, you'd, you'd pick up all the oddballs. <laughs> you would pick up all the oddballs. That is exactly right. Yeah. Okay, 12th house of self-undoing and spiritual. What came to me here is, yes, the goddess is speaking to you yeah so yeah. you know I mean obviously the ultimate would be the that spark of enlightenment that you know you get struck with or something yeah well you know and I, I it could awaken you to previously hidden yes. things, things yeah. you weren't aware of consciously suddenly you're yes. consciously aware yeah I think you know one of the positive things about Uranus is it is the great awakener yes it you is know? Yeah. It's all about that. It's the wake up call. It's like, hey, you guys, you've been stuck in this too long and it ain't working. <laughs> exactly. There's new things you could try. There are. Okay, mm -hmm. so to wrap up this Uranian thing, I wanted to give the audience uh, a direct you know, example of just how powerful Uranus can be. And... Um, the the idea for this just sort of popped into my head this morning um and so what i what i chose to look at was an actual event and uh so i have up on the screen i have the chart of miami which was incorporated as a city on the 28th of july in 18 and it's so tiny i can't even read it 96 i think and so this is done in whole sign. Um, and so it has a Libra ascendant. It has Saturn in a wide conjunction to Uranus in the second house. So structure and, um, and the, the chaos of Uranus, those two are happening together. And well, yeah. yeah. What, what makes that... that uh, uh, distant conjunction more closer is that it's opposite got, Mars. Got it activated by Mars in the opposition and Jupiter up in the in the eleventh there. Yeah, it. So 
you know, you've got a huge amount of energy there. Exactly, exactly. And what, uh, when I was, um, you know, sort of Googling or Wikipediaing Miami, what I didn't realize is it's one of the banking centers in the States at this point in time, which would definitely speak to the Mars Taurus in the eighth house kind of thing. So in in a chart, like if this was your personal chart, you know, if you've got this kind of tension built in, this is all in fixed signs. um, And so there is a resistance to change that happens then, you know, a transit from Uranus um, or um, triggering this square or this this um, T-square, I guess you call it. Um, yeah, there's things could happen, definitely. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the other thing that you've got there is the, the trine, a very close trine between uh, Uranus, which is stationary. Yes, it is stationary. Yes. So it's, it's also very powerful, more powerful because it is stationing. It's sitting yep. there. Yeah, it's, it's like an explosion waiting to happen. Yeah, and, yeah, but it's also, I mean, it's water sign and moon in Pisces. It's, it's, you know, it's built on a swamp. It is built on a swamp, like, so, hello. You know, <laughs> that's sort of invi- inviting some interesting stuff to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially since since uh moon squares neptune up there <laughs> yes yeah and, you know that's kind of ooh. Ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah okay so uh you know unfortunately um hearts going out to the folks that were lost on this very nasty day this summer in june um, which was recorded on cameras so we do have an actual accurate time of the collapse of an apartment building And so when you first look at this, you think, well, yeah, we've got Uranus is very close to where, but it hasn't yet reached that Mars. Um, But we look at Saturn, we go, ooh, I think Saturn was, and and so we always want to look for a trigger, which would typically with events be the moon. And so I did put these two charts together in a bi-wheel. And that's what I'm pulling up right now. So, you know, obviously, uh, Uranus at 13, opposite the natal Saturn at 12. Saturn itself is 12 degrees exactly squaring itself. So we know it's got something to do with structure. Um, And uh, Uranus is, you know, starting to shake up that structure for sure. And then I thought, but where's the moon and why, you know, the moon should be doing something to trigger this. So um, I couldn't see anything obvious. So what I did is I pulled up the 90 degree dial on the midpoints and I was just kind of gobsmacked. So, uh, but it is just past the square to Neptune there. Yes. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I pulled that up. Uh, I looked for, and I did the 90 degree dial because that will show squares, oppositions, and conjunctions. Mm -hmm. And here's the moon. So the, you know, the, uh, the B's are the event chart. The A's are the actual midpoints. And so within two seconds or minutes, I guess that's two minutes. Yep. Yeah. Two minutes. Uh, the moon triggered Uranus MC. Right. Yeah. And so that stationary Uranus, you know, that potential 
for something catastrophic, shocking, et cetera, et cetera. Also triggering that Mercury-Mars yeah. point. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, <laughs> Sun-Saturn as well, right? And Mars MC. Yeah, and, that, and, and Neptune itself is, yeah, is it's, on North Node. So. I know. Like the combination was just... And so, of course, that begs the question, could an astrologer have pre-predicted this? Absolutely not. I mean, nobody spends this kind of time with... No, no and I yeah. mean, again, with, with Uranian events, they are sudden and unexpected. Yeah, they, yeah. By definition, essentially. Exactly. That is the hallmarks of Uranus is... Like where did that come from? <laughs> yes, and but in Whatever hindsight, expect to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be something else, and it's going to be like, whoa, didn't see that coming. Because yeah. that's the nature of this, which is part of the awakening thing. It's like exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we are humans, and we do like to have a sense of when uh, the lightning bolts might start coming. And so, you know, you can track Uranus. You can, like, for instance, for myself, Uranus is cruising through my second house, um, and it for a while back there, it uh, was opposing my Sun or my Venus and Saturn. And shortly, maybe next year, she says trepidatiously. <laughs> It's going to come up to my sun and Mercury. You know, so you can see oh, yeah, where it is. You can see. Also, it's playing tag with my natal sun right now. Yeah, it. yeah. So, so, I mean. Saturn squaring my moon. Yeah. yeah. So you can, uh, it's not so much that you can actually anticipate what the event is, but what you can be willing to do is to not be rigid, especially while Uranus is going through fixed signs. Well, right. and I think that's, I mean, essentially what we're attached to is our sense that we can control what will happen. That's yes. the Saturnian yeah. thing, right? Yeah, we exactly. We control it all. And <laughs> we do not have control. And what Uranus tells us is, sorry, bud, you don't have control. Yes. And you never did. Yes. Wake up. <laughs> yeah. Stuff happens, right? Yeah. As they say. And you know, you just don't control the universe. The universe is in control. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's essentially the message of Uranus is... Yeah. And you'll, and you'll get it when it's done. You won't get it till then. <laughs> exactly. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> so, surprise, I'm down to 42 seconds. So, okay. um, uh, we had actually <laughs> talked before the show that we thought we'd go to Pluto, but uh, you know who we missed? We have to do Neptune next. Duh. Yeah, Oh, well, Neptune, you missed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, folks. Thanks, Jill. Yeah, we'll see you next week. You. In the meantime, Bye. folks, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. And to all those out there, be safe, have a great week, and we will talk to you again soon. <laughs>